Good. I was super impressed. Like, everyone, like, came early today. Like, there was a trap. Well, but he, the choir looks ginormous. Um, <laughs> you can't hear me. Make sure that these speakers are on back here. Am I on? Um, yeah, there was a traffic jam out here. People seem to like each other. It's a good morning. Um, welcome, friends and visitors, to 7th Street Christian Church. We are glad you are here. Um, if you would like, feel free to register your attendance in the pew pad. Um, that should be somewhere at the end of your pews. Uh, or you can steal one from another row. <laughs> um, a couple of announcements that we have. We have uh, Lent devotion. Lent starts on Wednesday, believe it or not. Um, and so uh, we have Lent devotionals that are available out in the hallway. I actually may have forgotten to put those out, but I'll grab those. Um, also, while you stop by there to pick up your Lent devotional, um, is you can sign up for the Pancake Supper slash Ash Wednesday service that begins. Um, dinner starts at 5.30 down in Hanover Hall. Our elevator should be fixed by then. They're coming on Wednesday afternoon. They know the problem. It's been diagnosed and the part's been ordered. Um, and then uh, the service, if maybe perhaps you're, you work later, you, uh, pancakes aren't your thing, you can come to the Ash Wednesday service. That will begin approximately at 645 here in this sanctuary. And so all are welcome. Um, I am going out of town at the later half of this week um, and will be out Thursday um, through Sunday, technically. I arrive after worship, so Jamie Babzak is preaching next Sunday. It'll be awesome. Woohoo! Um, yeah, that definitely deserves, like, some kudos. Um, but Pam Funai is on call. She is the elder on call. That number should be in, printed in your bulletin if you need anything. So, um, I mean, I may or may not answer my phone, but if you can direct your calls to Pam if there's an emergency she can take care of it speaking of elders there is an elder meeting in my office following the worship service today um, there's a week of compassion offering we addressed this last week um, there should be elements in your bulletin um, with special envelopes and a little bit of information about week of compassion for those of you who are visiting or who maybe are new to the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, Week of, week of Compassion is our relief refugee um, uh, ministry of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. And so money that is collected through Week of Compassion goes to help people uh, here in the United States as well as around the world after perhaps um, a catastrophic event. Uh, but they also do more than, the, than that. They do women's empowerment and help refugees. And so it's really an incredible ministry. Um, I think one of our best ministries of the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. And last week and this, this Sunday, we are taking up a special offering for that ministry. So we invite you to, to give generously if you would like. And you can put a check in that envelope. Please mark in the memo that it is for Week of Compassion. But the check should be made out to 7th Street Christian Church. Sorry, those are those little housekeeping things that drive the accountant people crazy. Uh, yes, Paul. Yes, 
yes, you can make the same memo. Thank you for that. And we will then pay attention to that, uh, PayPal. Um, yes, thank you. Um, I'm going to have Pat share a couple things about blessing boxes. Good morning. Um, blessing boxes, we're opening them up to the whole church. It's a, it's a project by the uh, Disciples Women. Uh, it's an international project, and it was um, began in 1953 when a lady named Jessie Trout, who was a former executive secretary of the Department of Church Women, and she was also the founder of the CWF, and now we're trying to become known as Disciples Women. So it's either way, DWM or CWF, whatever you want to call us, we will answer too. But each, and we're opening it up to, it's a project of the women, but we want to open it up to the whole church. And we're just asking that you drop some money into some kind of a container. It can be a envelope, a box, or a soup can, or jar, or whatever you have to, um, to, recognize how you are blessed and do this every day and we're asking that you bring your money back at the end of April um, we do it the whole year but we're opening it up to the whole church from now through uh, April and if you write a check for the money make it out to either CWF or DWM and put in the memo blessing box or if you do cash, just make sure it's identified um, properly so it goes to the right people. And the offerings will, will be sent to our national office in Indianapolis, and it goes for the financial work and ministry of the whole church. So thank, thank you, you all for participating. Thank you, Pat. Appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> I've got two small housekeeping things. One. On March 8th, our new regional minister of Virginia is going to be here, uh, Bill Spangler Dunning. Um, so please make an effort to be present. Um, we don't really have a hierarchy in the Christian church, but if we did, Bill's kind of like the bishop, and it would just look really good if this place were full. So, you know, uh, no pressure or anything, but just saying. Um, and finally, I just want to make a point. Uh, at the end of the last couple Sundays, um, I've noticed that our pews are a bit untidy. Maybe we've left our bulletins. Maybe we've left dirty Kleenexes or wrappers. Um, but I've actually noticed, and it's kind of gross. Um, so it is usually myself or Jamie or uh, Jess um, that picks up this yesterday we had a work day um, and it was Miss Martha Garion who painstakingly went through all of the pews um, and tidied them all up for us thank you so much Martha um, so I'm just gonna ask y'all to maybe be more mindful you can recycle your your bulletins um, in the back there are trash cans out in the narthex um, otherwise I'm just gonna send Martha Garion out to y'all so um, <laughs> <laughs> and definitely, yeah, you don't want that. Um, <laughs> no. With that, with that said, though, um, it's perfect as we're entering into, I know it's not Lent yet, but uh, we have some, ta uh, some Taze music that we're going to start doing. And uh, so thought with a, a penitent heart, 
uh, for maybe any trash we've left in our pews. Uh, we would gather, our gathering song would be a, a new Taze song. It may be new to us. So I'm going to invite our choir down, our robust choir, to help us sing. And I'm going to help teach it. Um, I know the words. I actually had to remember which Taze song we were doing, though. But the, um, the song goes, the, the lyrics are, The Lord is my light, my light and salvation. So I'll have you all repeat that. The Lord is my light, my light and salvation. In God I trust, in God I trust. That's repeated twice, though. In God I trust, in God I trust. And if you're not familiar with Taze, Taze is a, um, a community in France, and they have music that's incredibly repetitive so that you can um, get into a meditative state. Uh, so it's usually pretty calm. This one is done in a round, but let's just see how we do before the round. But I'm going to invite uh, Gerald to play it, and we'll sing it for you, and then we can try it. And you can feel free to... I think this one, this gathering song, is a little bit different, so I invite us to, to just stay seated um, and try to move into a, a, a calm place. So. Friends, I think in the future as we dive into more Taze, maybe we'll try that next time in a round. So, amen. <coughs> Good morning. Please stand if you are able and join me in the call to worship. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in this lifetime. Be strong, take heart. And wait for the Lord. Come, let us worship our God, in whom we find our rest and refuge, in whom we shall not be afraid. 
please join in our opening hymn, number 24, The God of Abraham Praise. stay standing for our confession. God of wholeness, God of healing, we come to you in our broken world. We confess our own brokenness, the places where we have sinned, caused harm unintentionally or at times implicitly to ourselves, others, and our world. We confess the brokenness of the world, the systems of racism and sexism, the homophobia and gender violence that we have experienced or have witnessed upon others. We confess the system of wealth and consumption that violates and preys upon the poor. We confess our ableism, often not recognized, where we fail to include and offer accessibility to all. We confess all this brokenness, O oh God, we lift up our own wounds and hurts. We pray for wholeness, O oh God. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen. The psalmist sang, I believe I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. We know waiting is hard but we know that God is with us. God forgives us and mends us together. We are alive and we need each other. 
do not be afraid to receive forgiveness. Do not be afraid to offer forgiveness. For in the giving and receiving, we heal each other and know God is with us. Go and share the good news. Amen. And now it is time for our Black History Moment. Well, last week, I talked about somebody that nobody in this church knew. It was my great-great-great-grandfather who was born into slavery, and his father was his slave owner. And just a quick um, review, he had six children. Five children, I'm sorry. And he lived on the plantation. And I didn't tell you the part about how he did not work in the fields. Him and his children were privileged, and they worked in the house. So then they were sold into another slave owner, but under the conditions that they would not work in the fields that they would work in the house. So I know my great-grandfather for sure, he did all the baking. And he was a baker. And my great-great-great-grandfather, to start off with, his name was Samuel Bonaparte January. And he was born, his father's name, he was a Frenchman, name was... Samuel L. January. So they were sold from Samuel for some reason to the Beckley, I'm sorry, the Beckley family in Cane Ridge, Kentucky. And my mother lived on that plantation until she was seven years old. And then they migrated to Ohio. And my grandfather... William Preston, January, he was a baker. And he was an only child, but he had ten children, seven that survived. My mother was the middle child. She was the queen of all of the children. <laughs> she took care of everybody. And my grandmother stayed home, and my grandfather died William Preston, January in 1940. That left my grandmother. She had three young children at home. 
And she used to watch me when I was in kindergarten. I remember that part about her. And she died in 1954. To go on about the story, I learned a lot about love and compassion and helping people and working with people. And we all lived kind of together. And they started their own church called Fair Street Christian Church. And I grew up in that church until I was, good grief, <laughs> moved away from home. So my parents, they took care of each other. And where we lived, we were the minority. We weren't the majority. And so we played together. We ate together. We just, it was just always togetherness with us. So I'm proud to stand here to say that last week my aunt, my cousin put out there that she had been gone for 20 years. And she was the most compassionate, loving woman you ever wanted to meet. Very compassionate. My uncle, he was the oldest. I don't know how they came up with his name. I don't think any other person in the whole white world is, has his name. His name was Ursel. <laughs> I don't know where they got that name from. And then there was my mother, who later found out she, all her life she went uh, by the name of Beulah Bell. January. When my father died, she found out her name was Katrin on her birth certificate. So the midwife or the doctor must have changed it when they went into town. <laughs> and then my uncle, who I was born on his birthday, so I was special to him. And then my grandmother had a set of twins, and then she had a younger son after that, which he was the only one of the seven that went to college and graduated, and he went to Wittenberg University. But to say all of that, my parents were loving, caring, and giving and sharing all the time. They took care of everybody, and they instilled that in myself and my brother. There are 10 of us grandchildren still surviving, the oldest one being 85, who just retired from preaching at the same church for 55 years. And he even got the key to the city <laughs> for a job well done. And so we are still close. We are having our 49th family reunion coming up, and we will be going to Cane Ridge our reunion because Bonaparte January is, is buried at that cemetery and he died chopping wood at the Cane Ridge Church. And another, I just want to gloat for a second then I'm finished. My nephew, my brother's son was just pinned lieutenant of the police department in Nevada. And I talked to him yesterday and he said, I'm the second black ever lieutenant to be pinned in Henderson, Nevada. So I'm so proud of him.
because it was a hard work and hard struggle for him. Quick story, he was on his way to work. He was a social worker in Ohio. And he was speeding. He knew he was speeding. And he got pulled over by the sheriff who profiled him at the age of 22. And he did everything he was supposed to do. Unfortunately, they tore my sister-in-law's car apart, never found any drugs or anything. And he admitted he was speeding. So he became a police officer. And he knew the compassion of what to do and how to treat people. So I'm very proud of him. And I know Black History Month is ending on Friday. But for me, it's 365 days a week because we celebrate black history for our families and their accomplishments. But just know that I love you all here. And I wouldn't want to be any other place because I am a true diehard disciples of Christ child. <laughs> <laughs> And now, at peace with God, let us now offer the peace of Christ to one another. Be seated. Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Psalms, chapter 2, verses 7 through 11. 
I will tell you of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and with trembling. The word of the Lord.
scripture reading comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And Jesus was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun and his clothes became dazzling white. And suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And while Peter was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud, a voice said, This is my son, the beloved with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome with, with fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up, do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself, alone. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The word of the Lord. Veriverto. If done correctly, the bird is supposed to turn into a goblet. At least that is the lesson from Professor McGonagall that, in, that when she introduces transfiguration in one of the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> Veriverto. A Latin phrase meaning truly exchange. A true exchange of shape, of transformation, and alteration, usually to a more beautiful state. Of course, try telling that to so many of the Disney characters that we are familiar with, like that beast in Beauty and the Beast who is transfigured into some scary, hairy lion thing with hopes to transfigure back into some handsome, beautiful form. There is Princess Fiona from the movie Shrek, 
who was under a spell in which she was a beautiful princess by day and an ogre at night. And of course the little mermaid Ariel, who was transfigured from a mermaid into a human, but has no voice. These are just a few of the examples of transfiguration that come to mind. But this morning, we have another transfiguration story to consider. Jesus takes Peter, James, and John high up on a mountain where they encounter God. We are all aware that in biblical times, important occurrences happened on mountains. When someone was going to a mountain to pray, they understood that person was trying to get closer to God. Our faith-filled ancestors knew about the mountain stories because their ancestors had told them about what happens on mountaintops. A great number of events happen on mountains. Jesus was tempted by the devil on a mountain. It was on a mountain where Jesus healed the lame, the maimed, the blind, the mute. It's on the mountain where Jesus gives his famous sermon on the mount. And in the near future, it is on a mountain that Jesus is crucified. And it is on a mountain that Jesus gives a great commission to carry on seeking truth and preaching justice and leading with courageous compassion. And so here we are again on a mountain with Jesus. And suddenly, Jesus was transfigured and his face shone like the sun and he becomes dazzling white. And then they heard the Lord of the universe speak to Jesus alongside Moses and Elijah. And Peter, recognizing how special this moment is, says, if you wish, if you wish, Jesus, I will make three dwellings here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And before... Jesus could respond, a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, my beloved, with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. It was the most dramatic, direct encounter that they have ever had with God. This year, I've been working on being more gentle with myself, trying to let things go that are usually not about me or that I don't have any control over. And this is also a practice that I'm working to extend to others as well. Be gentle 
I don't know what someone is going through. So with gentleness, I invite us to reset our eyes on Peter. Because Peter is often picked on in this story for wanting to make dwellings for, for everyone, for being short-sighted, for wanting to stay on the mountains. And I will admit, I have even picked on Peter in my sermon about this very issue. But this year, with gentleness and a new vision, I think we can learn something about discipleship from Peter. Peter, in awe, names what is happening. That something special, the presence of Moses, the presence of Elijah, the presence of God. And Peter names it and claims it and wants to share it and wants to celebrate it. And Peter is marking and recognizing that this is a revelation. That God's presence is among them. That they have encountered God. It's funny because we work so hard to mark so many encounters in our lives. From birthdays, for our children, our pets. We even mark gotcha days, right? Days that mark an adoption of our children and our animals. We honor anniversaries and weddings and deaths and we send cards and buy gifts and go out to eat and take note of these amazing events, both personally and communally. But how often do we mark our encounters of God? It warrants a question, what does an encounter with God even look like? Is it an answered prayer? A miracle? Is it a life saved? Is it gratitude? Is it someone buying your groceries when you have no money in your bank account? Is it an act of kindness or where you finally find a job? Is it someone showing up at just the right time? That answer will look different to us all. But I do believe that it's unlikely that our encounters with God are like this transfiguration experience that Peter and John and James have on top of that mountain with Jesus. So do we even recognize them? It is easy to hurry through our day and notice all the things that aren't going right. Or we think we don't have enough time at the end of our day to reflect on all that has happened. And we end up throwing up our hands in abdication that God is no longer a part of our lives. 
but Peter. Peter is trying to mark this encounter with the divine. And I think we can learn about discipleship from him. To take note and to mark our encounters with God. I think that if we pause and take note, if we write these things down before we rush to the next activity, that we take a moment and write down our encounters, we will see that we truly have them. And they may not always make sense. We may not even be able to fully express them. It may not even be the right time to do so. In our text, Jesus tells the three disciples to not tell anyone about this encounter as it's not the right time. But that doesn't keep Peter from taking note of it. Transfiguration Sunday, as this has come to be known, has a unique liturgical function, whether it ever meant to or not. But this Sunday, with this story, with this encounter, transfigures us liturgically from Epiphany to Lent. This Wednesday, we will begin our Lenten journey. A time of prayerful preparation as we make our way to Easter. And Lent is a perfect time to slow down and instill new practices. And may I suggest even noting where and when we encounter God. The front cover of your bulletin shares a question and space to answer that. And I invite you, instead of maybe leaving your uh, bulletin in your pews this Sunday, to take it home with you or create some other way to mark the times where you encounter God in a life-changing way, that you look for those places where you have a sense of awe, because I am willing to bet that they are there. And what we may find is that we are the ones who are transfigured, who are truly changed. Let it be so. Friends, I invite us as we are able to stand and join our voices in our hymn of commitment as we sing, surely the presence of the Lord is in this place where we are encountering God. The hymn is found on page 263.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Holy God, we praise and honor your everlasting holiness. We praise and honor your light and your truth. We thank you for the mountaintop experiences with you and for those times of experiencing you in all your glory. Yet we find that we don't live on mountaintops. We find you in the valleys so easily. We are thankful that you find us and live with, live with us where we are. As with John the Baptist, help us to prepare ways for people to find you in this place and in our lives. Please give us courage to stand for justice for all. Let our light shine into our community in ways we don't expect. We pray for healing for those who have experienced great violence and loss this week. We pray for comfort for those who grieve, those who suffer in flu nightmares. We pray for our country as we continue to be divided. In Jesus' name, amen. I give to 7th Street Christian Church in many ways. I give by volunteering to go on mission trips or retreats as an adult chaperone. I also give with my time multiple ways throughout each, each month, from helping with communion to helping with whatever needs to be done. I also give financially each month. I give with both my time and my money because I feel called to. Let us give today as we feel called to give.
God of awe and glory, bless the givers and those who desire to give. We give thanks for those who share their time and leadership in church this week through board meetings or counting money, work days, and everything in between. Receive these offerings as symbols of our trust in you. Multiply these offerings and the blessings they represent. Guide the disbursement of them according to your will. These things we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. We are invited to come and mark this encounter with God, the Christ who was and is and will continue to be. And it's at this table that we are invited to be transfigured ourselves into more faithful disciples, disciples who do justice, who love mercy, and who walk humbly. We hear the voice of God inviting us each and every week, get up. Do not be afraid, for you are welcome here. Come and share, and be transfigured yourself. So as we prepare to join in this sharing, let us sing together, draw us in the Spirit's tether, found on page 392.
As we gather around this table, we remember the story that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them and said, this bread is like my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup and blessed it and gave it to them and said, the wine in this cup is like the blood in my veins, poured out to give you new life. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Jesus, you taught us to remember you with wine and bread. And this day we remember in unity what you did for us. We accept your love and peace as we remember you and your sacrifice for all. Thank you for giving this way to remember your death that brought forgiveness for all who receive it. Amen.
cup of love. Shaper God, shape us into the people you desire us to be. Mold us so that we can form to your ways of love and justice and mercy. Create in us minds that ask questions and hold uncertainty, minds that are open to change and transformation. Fill us with your loving spirit to be transformed for the world. We pray this in the name of Jesus who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us stand as we are able and join our voices in our closing hymn. We will sing verses 1 and 3 of Open My Eyes, found on page 586. The time has come to depart this holy place. Be not afraid. The spirit of the living God goes ahead of you, with you, and guiding you. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God look kindly upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen.